Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. The Final Furlong Podcast is brought to you in association with AtTheRaces.com, the ultimate resource for racing fans. Welcome along to this week's show. Thank you for downloading an Apple Podcasts, listening on the Apple Races website, SoundCloud, or whatever device it is you're listening on. We are glad of your company. I'm Emerson Kennedy alongside At The Races pundit, Mr. Kevin Blake. Hello. We will look back on a fantastic weekend's racing for Irish Champions Weekend and a brilliant display from Harry Angel. Plus, of course, we had the art trials, one of which may not be even relevant, but we'll chat about that a little bit later on and a brilliant success for Ribchester as well. But first of all, the St. Ledger at Doncaster's this weekend. It's all live on At The Races and Joining us to preview it, Mr. Roy Delargy. Good evening. This is going to be a pretty exciting few days racing. First of all, it kicks off in the best possible way. Luke Harvey in the Legends race. He's a good thing. Finally this year he's going to win. <laughs> oh, stop. This is his year. <laughs> I've, I've fair play to him for keeping going, by the way. Uh, sure, look. If they're going to keep calling him a legend, he may as well keep, keep going when the going's good. That's the only reason he's doing it is because it's a legends race. The At The Races Ledger site is up and running, ledger.attheraces.com. There is some fantastic content there. Uh, but let's kick off our preview of uh, Doncaster with the St. Ledger itself, the feature race. So Crystal Ocean has become favourite after a very impressive performance last time out. He's been joined in the market by Defoe. suspect the reason he shortened so much is probably more to do with the weather than actual bets. And seeing as Kevin has decided to take on meteorological duties, we decided we would go back to a former sweeper that we had to intro the weather. We're going back two years ago. And the only reason we're doing this is because 50 Cent and Snoop Dogg were retweeting Teresa Mannion over the weekend. So, Teresa, take the intro away. The advice from the Jockey Club can't be said enough. Don't make unnecessary journeys. Don't take risks on treacherous roads. And don't back Paul Nichols' horses in graded chases. Tony Ansel has described these actions as idiotic. Not only were they bad prices, but it is unacceptable and unforgivable to waste money. Thank you, Teresa. We'll leave it there. Kevin Blake, take the forecast away, please. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, Doncaster, yes, we're looking at soft ground, lads. It's soft at the moment officially as of 8 o'clock on Tuesday morning. And the forecast is unsettled with a risk of rain and showers Tuesday night into Wednesday morning with strong gusting winds. And it's not going to dry up until Thursday. So we're certainly going to open the meeting on at least soft ground, I'd imagine. Maybe even a little bit softer. How good is Doncaster to drain? I'm not super familiar with it. It's pretty good, actually. Mm. Because it was soft, it was soft heavy in places a few days ago. Because if we end up with the race like last year, then we're going to have a proper soft ground race. When uh, your beloved horse, Rory, managed to get the job done after Idaho unseated. Um, oi, oi. Yes. But if we end up with something like that, that wouldn't be ideal. That would That'd not be great. <laughs> right, let's talk about actual contenders here. So who's going to be suited by the potential surface? The, the reason that Defoe has been cut so much in price, I imagine he, I, he seems to have been put up by a, 
a telephone tipster of some kind. All right, there. Do they still exist? All right, there, big fella. Of course they do. Um, not, for, not relevant anymore. Some, though, not, yeah? not at all. Not at all. Uh, but he has collapsed in price. But I wonder, Rory, if that's because he will be deemed to be one of the horses who will actually be suited by soft ground. Yeah, well, it has to be to some degree. But, you know, he, he's one of two who's been racing against older horses as well. Um, and he won the Jeffy Freer last time out at Newbury in, in, in um, fairly soft ground um, and in good style to show that he was, you know, improving all the time. He beat, um, he beat Wall of Fire, and he was a tad unlucky, but careful what I say here, given that I speak to the trainer of the runner-up on a regular basis. I thought Defoe was the best horse in the day. Wall of Fire was, was hampered by the winner uh, and would have finished closer with a clear run, but I thought Defoe had a bit more to offer on the day. And winning a group three against older horses for a three-year-old is quite a big deal, really, isn't it? Um, so I wouldn't be underestimating him. Uh, for all, he hasn't run in any of the obvious races he went uh, handicap, handicap, listed race, group three against his, his elders. And, and the, the lecture's a different race now in that there are there are different prep races now than there used to be. Mm. Um, we've got Stradivarius coming uh, via the Goodwood Cup um, and also the Queen's Vaz. The Queen's Vaz is a much more viable prep race for this and Ledger than it ever has been. Uh, the, the Queen's Vaz, to be perfectly honest, has been a little bit of a joke. Um, in previous years. Of course, last year's winner came by the Queen's Bath. And, of course, the mighty leading light back in the days when it was run over two miles. Now, it, now it's, a, it's, a, it's a very um, obvious prep in that it has a Group 2 status, mm. where it's, it's been a listed race for years and years and years, and it's now a mile and six rather than two miles. And horses, three-year-olds who are running over two miles in June um, are pretty much deemed to be slow more than anything else. Whereas you make it a mile and six race and you make it a group two race, um, or, uh, then it, it suddenly becomes a different race altogether. So the fact that Stradivarius has come by, via there is, is an interesting um, approach to the race and one we're going to see a lot more often in the future. I, I, would, like, be- I, I would like to think that the Goodwood Cup because of the the dynamics of that race and that you're getting the weight for age, that, that more trainers will, will try and take advantage of that. But I just wonder with Stradivarius... Was that a case of this was another step in the progression for the horse in the bid to the, in the in a bid ultimately to go for the ledger, or was that John Gosden exploiting the opportunity on the day? Well, uh, I don't think it's a case of exploiting opportunity because there's no there was no obvious angle in a three year old taking on the Goodwood Cup. They, they um, Stradivarius was the first three year old to win that, and in goodness knows how long. It wasn't like three-year-olds were showing that they had a great chance in that race. Yeah. Very few had run in it in the last 20-odd years. Um, but no trainer would have thought, hold on a second, um, the three-year-olds are well-treated in this. Uh, no one's really thought that in the past. Uh, I think there's no one in the game better at plotting a, pla- uh, um, a path towards a race like the ledger than John Gosman. Um, he's always uh, had an eye for horses who will develop late in the day, and knows not to necessarily go for the big races mid-season that might bottom them. He's always been very good like that. His father before him was exceptional at getting horses to peak in the autumn. Um, his, his father won the, the Bermuda Handicap multiple times, indeed, so, so has John. Um, and he's clearly uh, prepared Stradivarius for this and Ledger, not looking to take in the big races along the way. And that makes the Ledger a very interesting race to analyse, because uh, it's not a case of these horses have all met each other through the season and clearly the best of them is X. Yeah. Um, 
you, you can easily say, well, come on, Capri is the horse to be with because, you know, who else in this race would have finished close up in the Derby and won the Irish Derby? And the answer is none of them. You know, and therefore he has to be high on your short list. But trainers like Sir Michael Stipe and, and Joel Gosden and Roger Berrien these days know that if you think you've got a ledger horse, you don't want to be taking in the Derby on the way, especially if they're late developers. So it's it's a conundrum and a very interesting one for that. The, the concern with Stradivarius, of course, is that he's never raced on, on ground that's essentially been slower than good. Um, and although everyone believes the going at Goodwood was desperate through the week, that was true, but only from the end of the first day. Um, the Goodwood Cup is one of the earliest races at the... Um, uh, at the glorious Goodwood meeting, and when Stradivarius ran there, the, the ground was no worse than good. Um, and his win at Royal Ascot was in good firm ground as well. So the soft ground would be a big concern for him. Still with Crystal Ocean, he was considered a derby prospect and was really heavily backed for that. Uh, he then went to York and he ran well behind Permian, but not ran better at Royal Ascot. But then last time out at Goodwood was really good. The concern that many people will have and Kevin Blake will start throwing stuff around the studio here now, trends, uh, is Sir Michael Stout's record in the race, which isn't exactly the best, but he's already sighing and would have raised the eyebrow. But there's, there's no question that Crystal Ocean is, is a very, very talented horse who will probably be one of these typical Sir Michael Stout horses and be a, a much better halter horse next year. I hate that analogy. Oh, the I hate that analogy. Bravo, bravo. Oh, such a cliche. But he's clearly talented. Uh, and Jim Crowley is has been talking about his delight about getting the ride. How do you assess his chances? There are strong um, parallels between him and Ulysses. A lot of people wanted to see Ulysses in the Derby last year and Sir Michael was was more of the opinion that he needed more time. And he's shown that um, uh, this time around by developing into an absolutely top-class horse as a four-year-old. And I'm no doubt Crystal Ocean um, will be better next season. It's just the way Sir Michael trains his horses. You know, a lot of people, if they think they've got a derby horse, um, but that horse will be better the following year, the temptation to, to go for glory at Epsom is too great. Um, and Sir Michael has always been tremendously patient, um, and he he is looking at um, at the long term, partially because he is he doesn't have to prove anything to anyone. You know, if you're a young trainer and you haven't won a classic, uh, or you've got limited classic success, you need to prove yourself on a on a daily basis. Whereas Sir Michael, you know, there have been fairly uh, moderate seasons for him in in recent times. Yeah, you know, the last ten years have been three or four seasons that have been been very poor in terms of group race success um, but he doesn't he doesn't panic he doesn't he doesn't try to prove that he's still got it because he's been doing this for 40 odd years and he knows that he's good enough to do it and his owners know that he's good enough to do it therefore if he says give me a year with this horse no one says well I'm moving it elsewhere um, therefore you know he can do what he wants whereas uh, younger trainers uh, more ambitious trainers um, they want to prove that they can do something early uh, Crystal Ocean. I mean, he's, he's definitely good enough to, to take his chance here, and he was impressive at Goodwood. My worry with him is, I'm not sure he's an outright star. Uh, his his most impressive successes have come in races where he's shown a better turn of foot than his rivals in moderately run races, and it may well be that that's just hidden how good he is. I think that was definitely the case to a degree last time out. Um, his 
the, the Golden Stakes wasn't a particularly brilliant race on paper, um, and he didn't put up a particularly good time in, in winning it. But it was run in a way that that stops him doing that. But I wonder if, if he's able to be impressive in, in races that aren't run in Ezra and Gallup, whether this and Ledger is going to bring out the best in him. That, that would be my concern. It certainly, he stays a mile and a half thoroughly, but you've got to remember the ledger isn't just an extra two furlongs. It's almost three furlongs extra, mm. and you need to stay every single yard of it. You were nodding along with Rory's assessment there that he might not be as strong a stare as some suspect, Kev. Yeah. No, I, I can see that angle. I wouldn't be against it at all. My, I suppose my main input here is going to be on the Irish horses. Take it away, my friend. Irish Derby winner. So Capri didn't go for the Voltager in the end and hasn't had a prep run. Uh, is that by design? Well, technically no, because he had a little bit of a setback just before the Voltager, something very small. I forget what it was. Did he have a little... A slight, bruise, was it? It was that, or a slightly dirty scope. Anyway, but there, it wasn't a big thing anyway. And that's not a big concern for me. And look, this horse has looked a potential ledger type since he was a baby, really. Mm. You know, when he won the Burrisford last year in horrendous ground you know with, with his knee action he did look like a horse that 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 would make into a real proper middle distance horse and maybe even a bit further and he's done nothing to, 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 to quell that this year really you know he's had a very good campaign all told he ran well in his two trials he got a bit lost at Epsom still ran a very good race on a track that he that he was always a bit doubtful to like with, with the way he with the way he moves and everything else and he came to the Curra and it all came together. The race went his way, absolutely. He beat Cracksman, who perhaps should have won. Probably no doubt he should have won in slightly di- different circumstances. But Capri was bang there, game effort, on good ground. And I think the softer surface will suit him better than good ground. You know, I, th- I wouldn't have any wild doubts about his stamina for this. But as Rory point, you know, emphasises, is a much longer trip than a mile and a half. Mm. Um, I think he'll be just fine. And the ground will be just fine. And look, he has the best piece of form of the race, doesn't he? That Irish Derby win. He's also going to have Ryan Moore's assistance because it's not like in previous years where he had, well, there would be no decision really. He'd definitely be riding in Leopardstown. But he's going to have Ryan uh, on board. And he's a four to one shot. Like this is not like it's a Aidan O'Brien classic winner coming into the Doncaster St. Ledger and he's seven to four, which we've seen several times over the years. He's There's a bit of value there, if you dare say that. And interestingly enough, for the favourite for a classic, a horse that with quite a high profile, he's had nine runs in his life and the number one jockey to Ballydoyle, Ryan Moore, has only actually ridden him once. Mm. Winning the Beresford last year, Shamie Heffernan has been on board seven of his nine starts. Now, obviously, Dunica has really stepped up in recent years, but Shamie would still technically be number two. So that's no bad thing on Capri. It's not... And I think, was it... Who rode him in France last year in the 10th? Was that Cullum or Shamie? Because whoever rode him turns Aiden and said he's going to be a proper horse next year Shamey and I think to be fair you know when it comes to the derby horses they like to try and match horses to riders and try and keep them on board if they can look if they go if they end up going off fab for the derby you know Ryan's going to ride them yeah but I think if they can they try and get a bit of continuity there and this lad has been Shamey's ride mm. for quite a bit of his career but he's going to have to sit, sit back and watch this I think and look I just think he's rock rock solid he's very hard he's coming in here a little bit fresh as well this isn't an afterthought. This has been the target. That won't be a bad thing either, will it? I don't think so, no. No. He'll be well revved up for this now. 
Um, and I can see the case that he might be a shade of value even even didn't, at the price he is now. Didn't win Frankie de Tori famously in his days riding for Godolphin won this race for Aidan O'Brien and Coolmore on Scorpion because Kieran Fallon was uh, tied up at Leopardstown with Oratorio and the Irish Champion Stakes. Hadn't he been off the track since winning the Grand Prix de Paris? Oh, I can't remember. You're I th- testing me now, I can't remember. I think Scorpion didn't have a prep. I think he'd won the Grand Prix de Paris after finishing second in the Irish Derby and then went straight to St. Ledger off the top of my head. There can't be many people on this planet that have a, a, that good a memory of Scorpion's racing career. <laughs> Except for me. That's, if, that's 12 years yeah. ago. Uh, am I right? Have you, have you got the name of it? You're right. You're right. Am I, yeah, it, off since mid-July. So if you need somebody for a Scorpion question at a table quiz, you know who to come to. Oh, Jesus. Um, what a claim to fame. <laughs> But the only point I would make about that is that it's not unprecedented for Aiden to bring one here fresh. That's a good shout. That's mm. a good shout. And obviously he has had the setback, but the vibes recently seem to be okay, are they? I, I wouldn't even call it a setback now, a small blip. Okay. And I'd say they weren't all that upset about it now because obviously if he was going to the Voltager, he would have been taken on Craxman again. Who has improved yeah. significantly. So I'd and say... He and he wouldn't have been hard fit for the Voltager anyway. No. Exactly. So I can't imagine so there, there was too many tears. It much of a to make that a, a, a daft race to run them in anyway. Yeah. So, so I can't imagine there would have been too many tears about it now. Rekindling, obviously for your boss, uh, is going to be running here as well. And his form has taken a huge boost after Order St. George dotted up at the car. And we'll chat about that a little bit later on. But this is, the speculation was, would he go for the Irish St. Ledger or, or Doncaster? He's, he's going to go there. He might be a horse that's being underestimated. Um, I think he is. I'm clearly biased now, but before I was ever involved there, you really liked him. Yeah, he was my. He was eventually my tip for the Derby, mm. uh, and you've never seen a horse fail to handle the track hated <laughs> more, more so in your life. Hated Absolutely it. hated it. And came back, decided to, to step up and trip for the Curragh Cup. And if you go back and well, you look at the bare form and you say, oh, he's beat the Wicklow Brave half a length. Go back and watch it now because things didn't go right at all. He got held up at a vital stage. He had quite a lot of ground to make up. And I thought he was impressive in doing so. Um, he was given a small bit of refreshing up after that. Um, came back. He had a few different options um, for his for his last run. Um, it was decided to go to the Curra and take on Order of St. George. And what mightn't be immediately obvious when you look at the form but Rekindling was actually giving up a £5 penalty to Order of St. George that day. He had to carry the, 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 the penalty system for that race. Is a Group 1 and Group 2 winner in 2017 gets a £5 penalty. So he picked up one for the Car Cup, whereas Order of St. George was unpenalised. And there's not a stare on the planet, I think, that could give Order of St. George £5 and beat him on a going day. No, and not I, when he's at his best. And I thought he ran a lovely race. It was, it was quite steadily run. You know, it was very much a trial he wasn't a fever pitch. And um, I thought he ran a lovely race. He beat older horses there. You know, take Order St. George out of the race. He's beaten solid older horses in Twilight Payment and Wicklow Brave. Um, beating them well, giving them giving up a penalty to them. And Rory's been making the points about Defoe taking on older horses. So he's done this and, and beaten them. Yet he's coming in as a double-figure price. Now, a lot of that's going to be based on the fact that he was a complete blowout in the Derby. But... You can give him a very valid excuse for that oh, performance. Oh, forget, forget about the derby. You're not in Piltown every single day. This is like every maybe once a month because you can in the wondering era, wonderful era of modern technology. Everything can be done by mobile. Uh, but what has been the vibe on rekindling? If it's fair enough to ask that question. No, good. Hit every target. Hit every target. 
So you're very keen on Capri, and by the sounds of things, you're quite keen on rekindling as well. Oh, look, at the price, I wouldn't put anyone off at all. The ground, like, I don't think he, he'll ever want extremes, but you'd, you'd rather it be on the softer side of good than the firmer side. You know, he's he's one on soft ground, he's one on yielding. Um, he's a little bit of an ease, isn't going to do any harm at all. I think the track will will be held to him. You wouldn't have any concerns about the trip whatsoever. And this has been his big target now since he won the Car Cup. So, uh, you know, it's great to be going to a classic with, with what I would consider a pretty live chance. And which of the two would you prefer? <sighs> Tough question. Uh, depends what you like, really. I think Capri, there's juice in his price and I think there's juice in Rekindling's price. Okay. Uh, in a shocking turn of events, Kevin Blake likes the two Irish Raiders in the St. Ledger. Uh, Rory, you've talked about Defoe, you've talked about Crystal Ocean. Uh, who do you like from a win bet perspective for the St. Ledger? Uh, of the English, I like Defoe, but I would agree with Kevin on this one. And I'm, I'm happy to disagree with Kevin on a regular basis. <laughs> I think at the moment the market's a bit lopsided against the Irish challenge. Um, and the Irish buys, undeniable. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I like the full profile, but you couldn't make him a short price based on what he's done. Yeah, I agree with that. He, he's got a dark horse profile, um, and if he, you know, given that uh, Capri is um, has won won the Irish Derby, you know, he's he's the horse of the standout form in the race. Um, the full should be a, a fair bit bigger. I don't have the betting in front of me at the moment. How, how do they bet? Four is to foe, four is Capri. Okay. Um, it's actually it's four to one basically three Defoe, right. Capri, Crystal Ocean and what price is Rekindling? Rekindling is a top price 12 to one general tens yeah I mean Rekindling was, was the one that I came back to as as the um, potentially forgotten horse of the race as well um, again you know, we're dealing with good to soft ground at best and possibly a fair bit worse than that um, and Rekindling will be very very happy on that um, as will Defoe. Defoe's unbeaten on, on soft ground. Mm. Um, and I like the pair of them. But, you know, if I was pricing this up, um, you know, in an, un- in an uninterested way, not that I was looking for a bet on it, I'd have to make Capri, Capri favourite in the first place. And I might want to oppose him if he was too short. Um, but 4 to 1 is, is a surprisingly big price about him. Mm. Um so although Defoe was where I was, I was thinking of going, um, I, would, um, I would say that I'd, I'd like to have Defoe at least a point bigger than, than Capri in the betting before getting stuck into him. And I do think the rekindling is a very interesting one in that everything looks to be in his favour. He does have a few pounds to find with the best of these. And obviously he's got, um, he's got a little bit of fine with Crystal Ocean on, um, uh, on Dante form. Yeah. Um, but you know, my, my issue with Crystal Ocean is that he looks a mile and a half horse and Rekindle looks like obviously will stay a fair bit further. So I would fancy him to turn the tables um, at the prices. And I might just end up, at the, at the current odds, I might end up going Rekindling each way. That's what I was thinking of doing. Yeah. I sent you a message last night saying Rekindling is 12 to 1. That's mad. I wouldn't put, you, wouldn't put anyone off. Which he didn't respond to, by the way. Which I thought then was like a, I forgot, I forgot a, about a quiet <laughs> nod. <laughs> it turned out you were just too busy. Uh, uh, tight lips. Capri will surely be revved up for this. But um, Tish. He's, oh, he's going to go off five to two. I think Capri. That's the SP you would remember. That guy, you got to call him Capri, don't you? Yeah, the old four Capri. I, yeah, I just say whatever comes into my head. I'm just. And of course, if he gets beaten, then he'd be Capri pants. <laughs> 
Okay, it's the Irish Raiders for the team. So rekindling each way and and Capri, a very very strong word of confidence, I think, from from Kevin Blake for for him. Um, the four to one's not going to be there in the day, and if I it is, so. something's not quite right. Although there has been, like, we've talked about this before about big stables, particularly Willie Mullins and Aidan O'Brien horses going off shorter prices than you would imagine. It's surprising how often the market gets Aidan O'Brien horses wrong. Like it was spot on about Seventh Heaven. I was arguing with you at the Curra on Sunday saying, no, no, I think she'll win a big race and I think she's just finishing now, (laughs) just about to cross the line. But they do drift an awful lot and sometimes it's just completely wrong. They've just got it wrong. But... The market doesn't always tell a story there, but it's just very interesting when one goes off ridiculously short. Um, that's the thoughts on the St. Ledger. The opening race on the card, which is also live on Out the Races, Channel 415 on Saturday, is the Portland Handicap. And you've got one lined up for this, Roy Delargy. Not quite lined up, but again... You told me beforehand you've been <laughs> plotting this for a long time. It's been lined up. <laughs> Fake uh, news, by the way. The worst thing is... Um, I'm convinced there's something I like in this race that I can't find in the field. Something I, I remember saying about two weeks ago, the Portlands would be ideal for this horse. And I cannot for the life of me think who the horse was. And I've gone through the field several times and <laughs> nothing rings about. But anyway, there, there is a horse who is blind. Whiskey's a hell of a drink, folks. Yeah. Um, there's one who's very obvious in the Portlands who will be ideally suited by every aspect of the race. And it's sure to run a really good race. And that is Take a claim. Who uh, I think I picked up for the um, for the Stewards Cup. Yes. He won well and started up there at Ascot of a mark of 97. Oh, yeah. And I thought he ran an even, well, a, a fair bit better race um, at Windsor. And his next start, um, he was beaten a length in a really competitive uh, handicap uh, behind Ice Age. And of course, Ice Age fair bolted up at the curve the other day, didn't he? Yeah. Um, and also that race, we've seen uh, Englishman and Spring Loaded run very respectably. Uh, Gulliver finished second in a very good handicap at Ascot last weekend. Major Pusey, who runs in the um, in the Portland, has won since. As has Petexide. Petexide is a really impressive winner at Ascot, actually. Um, he was only ninth that day. Very, very strong handicap form. Um, State of claim, arguably best. I would say his best trip is about five and a half furlongs. And the Portland is one of those very few handicaps of the year over five and a half furlongs. He has got a very good record with dig in the ground. He doesn't need to lead, um, but he's got plenty of tactical speed about him for a horse who stays six furlongs well. Unless Spencer's uh, right. He handles the ground better than most. I think he's got a tremendous chance. Stake a claim in the opening race on Saturday, live on At The Races. Now, none of us are particularly interested in talking about the champagne stakes. Maybe a horse will win that, bolt up by five lengths and end up being favoured for the 2,000 guineas. But we were all fairly underwhelmed by that race. So let's instead switch our focus to Thursday on At The Races, 2.25, and the May Hill Stakes. Bilston Brook is a winning machine. She just keeps on getting the job done and has to be one of the most likeable two-year-olds in training for Richard Hannon. Um, is that who you're looking at, Rory Delargy, or could it be Nialetti? Well, if, if Nialetti stays, she wins. That's fairly straightforward. Other than to say that she was a little bit disappointing last time, I maybe um, having had a few hard races, she's training off. Um, but she's um, she's been very, very good. And if she came here on the back of her run um, in the um, uh, the Chesham and Royal Ascot, where she went off a million miles an hour and still finished second over seven furlongs, mm. just um, 
well, less than a week after her debut, you'd have swore blind she'd stay a mile every day of the week, and she, she was a, a great bet for this. Um, but she's she's shown plenty of speed in all her runs since that over six furlongs, and now she's back up to a mile on the back of her only disappointing run, uh, really, of the season. So you have to be concerned about that. And I was very, very keen on Bilsenbrook in a nursery at Goodwood, purely on the basis that she was running in a nursery, and I thought she was a group horse. Um, and now she's proved herself to be a group filly, uh, again, by winning um, at Goodwood in the prestige stakes. And I thought she was really impressive there. Yeah. Um, you only got, she only got rolling late, and she came home very strongly. Very, like a train. Seven. She will stay a mile. Uh, indeed, she's, she's very much bred to. She's by Chancelise out of a Manduro mare. Uh, and every race that she's running suggests that she will relish further. Uh, and the other thing I like about her, which the point I made at Goodwood, is every single race she's running, she's put up a, a very smart speed figure. There hasn't been an off day for her at all. Um, and those figures have been gradually getting better, essentially, from day one. Apart from her debut, she has put up a, uh, an adjusted speed figure in advance of 100 um, in all of her races. And that's very, it's very impressive to see a two-year-old filly that consistent in terms of times. Um, and while you sort of look at the fact that she's had loads of runs um, and you kind of think she's going to find something good enough to beat her because she's been running in the wind will come in, in a maiden in a nursery yeah. uh, because the last time out, you think, well, she's going to meet her match at this stage. But she keeps doing it, um, and the times don't lie. And the only other horse to have put up times that she has is Nialetti. And if you take the view that Nialetti doesn't stay a mile, uh, and her style of racing suggests that stamina has to be a worry, then Bilsenbrook was a really good bet around board one. Yeah, I think she's a cracking bet, I, and I will be back in her. But I can't help but notice that a horse that you mentioned on this podcast last week is entered and jocked up, sizzling. Yeah, she's declared. Uh, it's a tough ask for her now. Like, I'd say people will underestimate her based on the fact it took her five times to, to win, but um, she's quite highly regarded, and I wouldn't be surprised if she took a big step up. Her her win at Tipperary took a bit of a knock at Leopardstown. The runner-up came up and ran in that good filly's maiden and, and didn't do all that well. Um, stats a small negative Murren that she finished second to the time before came out and ran a lovely race in the Moyglare yeah um, but so mixed messages on the form front but I, I could see her taking a good strong step up but this is a different class of race to be fair now it's a big step will be required they do tend to send horses over to the UK to get an idea of what's going on in terms of their own form in the yard and obviously they've got an exceptionally strong bunch of juvenile fillies oh yeah is this a case of they think she can hold her own or do you think it's a case of let's assess the form let's assess what we've got I'd say it's probably a case that they didn't want to run her in the Moyglare and this this race fitted uh, in do you think she's got a good chance ah, she's got a solid place chance look Nialetti in terms of the trip you know on her penultimate prior to her penultimate start I thought she was ready to go back to seven they ran her over six again and she put up a pretty spectacular performance to be fair at Ascot and at Deauville because the thing with her is she's just re- started to relax a bit more mm. you know I think she, I'd think i like to think she'll give herself a good chance of getting the mile I'd be very happy if this was over 7 I'd have no doubt whatsoever about 7 but she'll give herself a chance now and her pedigree will give you some encouragement that a mile should be okay okay and look like you know she's her form is far in excess of this lot and I could certainly make the case that her current price is very fair okay um, and and uh, ease in the ground 
as long as it isn't horrendous. Shouldn't be too, should be fine for her. It was good to soft when she bolted up at Ascot. Um, she's by Arch, but it's actually a, a French family with plenty of soft ground form on it. So, so again, there's some encouragement there, but you know, all told, what's the what's the very best price about her now? Okay, there's there's one, two, two firms, one one proper firm going three to one. Um, I'm just simply stating fact. <laughs> um, Doubling down, and that's that's pretty reasonable. I would think I, I can only imagine she'll go off a bit shorter than that. All right, so you like Niall Eddy. Um, I have to weigh in with the winning machine, Bilstonbrook. It's probably hard overhead, to be honest, but Rory's endorsed the selection as well, so I'll, I'll happily stick with her. She's just such an admirable horse. It's hard not to like her. Uh, later on that day, the Park Hill Stakes. Notice we're not talking about the Legends race because we just know that Luke's a good thing. And By the way, that's not what we think. Sarcasm. Just in case anyone loses their mind. Um... This is an interesting race. It's it's open to say the least, but it's it's an interesting race nonetheless. Uh, Ryan Moore has deserted yet again. Wild Irish Rose for Aidan O'Brien is going to go with Dubka. That's uh, I don't think he wants to do eight nine, which is fair enough. I think was the was the reason for that. Uh, Dubka ran an absolute stormer of a race at Goodwood when he must have thought she was going to win when Endless Time swooped down the outside under Buick and got up. If she can bounce back from her disappointing run last time out, she'd be very interesting. But Rory, your thoughts on the Park Hill? Um, yeah, I'm. I'm going to stick with a, a filly that I've been keen on uh, from a very early stage, um, despite mixed messages from her last run. I fell in love with Al Jazeera when I saw her win a very ordinary maiden at Doncaster um, last August. And so clearly the track is okay for her. Um, she then ran in um, in the uh, an Oaks trial at um, at Newbury in May. Um, she ran okay, and she was a, not at all knocked about. She was looked after when she was beaten by Frankie Dettori on very bad ground. And uh, she was out from there for a long time. I, I backed her at big prices for the Oaks, uh, thinking if Luca decides to declare her for the Oaks, um, that would be a, a massive positive. He didn't in the end, and then she was absent until um, until running in the um, the golfer sticks at um, York last time out. And I was very keen on her there because Luca used to farm the golfer sticks. He won it, uh, I think, eight times in the 1990s. Mm. Um, you know, you couldn't you couldn't stop them from winning the race. Uh, but she was well. She ran well in the end to finish third. But it was a bizarre race in that she raced fairly handily. Uh, and then came off the bridle very, very early. Looked at one stage that Frankie might literally pull her up because she was first off the bridle and she was going nowhere. And, um, uh, you know, she looks like she was going to be tailed off or nothing. And Frankie essentially gave up. The second he gave up on her, um, she started to run on again. So he's got after her and she's finished third um, without, without threatening to get involved, but running past horses and finishing essentially on the bridle. Um, I know that I know that Luca Kamani suggested before that race that she wasn't really ready for it, uh, and I could forgive that. What I saw about her before that was that she was a city of enormous potential, and I also believe very strongly that the best Frankels are going to be the staying Frankels, uh, and she's uh, out of a Dynaformer, Mare Dynaformer, of course, 
has been the sire of um, of uh, a decent and ledger winner in his time in Lucarno uh, and a lot of very, very high-class players. And I think she will stay very well and I think she will come on a ton for her, for her latest race. So although she has a lot to find on the book, um, I've, I've got to keep the faith because from an early stage, I thought that she could be very high class. It might be that she's a thinker, uh, and it might be that she looks an absolute pig in this race, but I, I've got to pay my money to find out. So the Frankel Philly Ferrari in the Park Hill. Kevin, your thoughts? Yeah, detail has gone over for Joseph. Um, basically, this isn't a strong group two. Um, it could be a, a while before we find a, a, a weaker group two. Um, she's absolutely flying along, to be fair to her. She's turned inside out in the last few months. She's won three of her last four, should have won four of her last four. Um, an, an act of God got her got her beat at Galway <laughs> with, a, with getting checked down at the bottom of the straight and then a loose horse getting For in her way. For those of you who on. are new to the show, Kevin Blake has a history with that. <laughs> Any power in the mare's hurdle being the most obvious of them. Go me on. And, me and the big fella. Oh. We have a love-hate relationship. Oh, dear. Oh, dear, dear. Uh, but she's really going the right way. Um, she had an alternative option there at the beginning of next week in a, in a listed race for Phillies at Galway. And it might not be all that much stronger than this. And this is a group two. She loved the ground. She should stay just fine. She might, you know, she clearly has to step up again. Um, she's gone up to 96 now after her latest win. And it's worth a swing. It's worth a swing. She's not a big filly at all. She actually weighs less than 400 kilos. Oh, wow. And about 50 kilos of that is her heart. You know, she tries really hard, yeah. to be fair to her. And she's progressed the way in recent months. And if she was to finish third, nice, it would be nice a bit of black massive type. result. Yeah. Massive for what is, you know, very much a broodmare in the making. So she's not necessarily a win bet. But oh, she, hey, she could. But, she could, who knows? But you wouldn't rule it out. But um, you, you'd give her a solid each way chance. Oh, this is this is about sneaking in the frame, all be all being well. Okay. You know, she's she's rated ninety six. The top rated here is a is a hundred and hundred and seven. You know, but there isn't a lot of depth to this. She'll she'll love the ground. It is a step up and trip for her, but she does seem to stay very well. And that viewpoint that you've had is just another example of when you look at flat racing and compare it to national hunts, obviously brood mares like national hunt mares will eventually go off to stud and them getting their own black type is important but for for race mares like this one that, that Joseph is sending over um, it is really all about getting black type for them oh, it's huge and the better the black type the better you know she'll, she'll run here um, after that there's a, there's a listed fillies race at Nace in about a month Hmm. And I'd imagine that will be the next port of call. And she, I'd imagine she'll be back next year. But just it's about building, building, building and, and increasing their 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 credentials and their value and everything else with a view to the second career. Yeah. I remember Longcrest being retired by O'Brien after winning. I think she won a listed race and then out of nowhere they sent her over to the Breeders' Cup and she was narrowly denied by Islington. Oh, I remember Narrowly well. yeah. denied, but finishing in front of yesterday... But it just goes to show you that if they're in the right form, it makes sense to send them over. So she's flying; she's in good form, and yeah, solid. Oh, she, she's so tough now because she's had a she's had a tough out schedule. Yeah, for 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 a little handy filly, and she's taken it in her stride. And look, she'll relish conditions. She has to step up, but I I give her a sporting chance now. Of of, you know, she was beating Hamilton off seventy one like two months ago. <laughs> And now she's going to run in a group two and have a chance. Yeah, she's come a long, long way, but yeah. she's doing so well now. It's, it's happy to give her her chance.
All right, Doncaster Cup live on at the races 3.35 on the 15th and Max Dynamite is going to come over with Ryan Moore on board uh, obviously two years ago agonisingly close to winning you still haven't got over I really haven't it's the first thing my therapist talks about every week I'm not in therapy but if I was it probably would be staying up all night to watch Frankie get chinned um, a lot of people would stay up all night to see Frankie get chinned <laughs> Not that I'm one of those going. I I find him a very cheery, entertaining oh, fellow. I really like Frankie. We got to get him on the podcast. <laughs> Probably won't now, thanks to that comment. Uh, so Ryan Moore rides. He won 22 days ago, and it was at the races. Actually, I think Mike was tweeting from the at the races account that it was nice to see him back in the winners' enclosure. Uh, he would be very interesting here if he's back to his very best. That's the crucial thing. Absolutely, beating Sandy Mount Duke is one thing. Winning this race is another. Yeah, yeah, that was a big, big. Colossal drop in class last mm. time, well placed, and Julie won very well. To be fair, that was like a piece of work for him. But you know, he has a fair way to get back to his very best. And you know, we we shouldn't forget that. You know, the last time we saw him on the on the flat at this level, you know, he was being beaten by the likes of Palisader. Yeah, um, you know, being well beaten in an Ascot Gold Cup. I wonder was that just him having the effects of Flemington? Mm-hmm. I don't know because he regressed badly that season. He did. You know, I've, he was rated 117 kicking off that season, and mm. yeah, he did. He was not. a quiet Ascot Gold Cup fancy for many that year. He was, he was, he was my fancy. Um, things didn't go especially right in the day, but he was still well below himself. Yeah. I think it's a bit of a leap now, and the market is assuming that he's back to near his best, and that's a slightly dangerous assumption. Okay, would be my view on it. So he doesn't interest you, Rory. Do you have the this race solved for us? That's it. <laughs> As always. I'll, I'll tell you what's interesting. I mean, Thomas Hobson's still in the race, isn't he? Yeah. Well, if if Willie decides to go with Max, I mean, and Ryan's booked up, um, booked for Max Dynamite at this stage, if he decides to go with Max Dynamite over Thomas Hobson, I thought Thomas Hobson shaped really well in the Lonsdale Cup. A hell of a lot better than 7th of 9 suggests. Mm. He looked all over the winner when he hit the front and then just didn't get home having raced pretty keenly in the early stages. But he travelled really, really well. And I thought that was actually a remarkably good um, prep for, for the, um, the Melbourne Cup, although it, it, it wouldn't count as a prep for the Melbourne Cup because he's, he's not yet qualified for it, is he? So is, is, that, is that off the agenda for him? Or is it a final... Does he get another go to, to get qualified? That I don't know. That I don't know. I know you, you can pick up kind of qualifying yeah. points in the Irish ledger, so I assume you could here, but the They'd need to be going into quarantine pretty quick, I think. Yeah, because yeah. Caravaggio had to go into quarantine, but they're not going to go now, which we'll talk about that a little bit later on. But it just means that that quarantine process for Australia has already begun, basically. Mm. Uh, yeah, so, the, yeah. the, point, the point is that the pair of them are quite, are quite um, closely matched in terms of their best form, um, but where they are currently in terms of well-being and ability uh, is harder to call. But which one of them would he runs? in the end, could be interesting. If if Willie decides to run Max Dynamite when, when he could have run Thomas Hobson, you'd take that as a big positive, wouldn't you? Well, looking at it right now, Ryan Moore is jacked up on Max Dynamite up, yeah. and there's no one jacked up on Thomas Hobson, but there is always the potential for a switch-switchy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, We've yeah. seen so it before. 
We've seen it before. Willie Mullins bingo. Sorry, laughing at my own joke there. Apologies. <laughs> Willie Mullins bingo. We'll talk more about the development in that story in terms of Cheltenham a little bit later on as well. Um, but would you be with Thomas Hobson so if he was to get the go-ahead and if he doesn't, do you take that as a positive for Max Dynamite? Yes, I would. that's the way I would look at it. If Thomas Hobson does run and Max Dynamite does, then you'd need to bear in mind that, you know, you could say, oh, well, I mean, Max Dynamite might be gone at the game, but if he was gone at the game, then Thomas Hobson would be running instead, wouldn't he? Yeah. So the fact that Max Dynamite is liable to turn up with Ryan Moore on board is quite a big positive because it's not like they've got nothing else that could go there. Um, in terms of this, the one thing I would I would do, and I'm just I'm just um, channeling a, a, another final furlong regular uh, in saying that Montali is interesting here. Cracking oh, I'm Keenan. Cracking call that. Brilliant. Um, sure looked, up, but, um, knocked uh, it out of the park that day. And he will be better suited by the, the stiffer test at Doncaster than he was at York, in my opinion. Um, obviously, uh, as we saw with him winning the Chester Cup over this trip, and I, he only got going very late in the day. Mm. And obviously, he only won on the nod as well. He was he was the outsider in the photo, um, but he showed uh, gameness and stamina, and obviously the class he needed to win a race like that. So he deserves a strong mention as well. Um, I'm not always that keen on, on these races unless I think. Um, there's an outstanding player in there but um, Montali definitely deserves a mention and of course Tony Keenan deserves all the uh, the applause he gets for that was some shout well I'll tell you what just to briefly digress here on the subject of Montali and of course he's best known in many ways for almost killing Andrew Balling's wife yeah we talked about that on that very podcast at Chester I think it was I yes I at the Curra on Sunday I saw something very very similar it was the gasp out of the crowd. I, I can't, don't think any camera caught it because I haven't seen it since. But a horse of Rafe Beckett's called Mount uh, Moroa. Moroye? Not quite Mount sure. Yeah. yeah. He ends up finishing third in the ledger. But one of, the, one of Rafe's staff was just taking the sheet off him and slipped the sheet off in the middle of the parade ring and turned her back and started to walk away and he flipped around he he's he he turned his arse double barreled and there can't be more than two or three inches in <gasps> her head oh sweet jesus it was close now i was unaware of this oh but i was there oh here now frightening that is scary very easily it's so easy it would happen you know and it just goes to show you how Brave everybody who's involved in the it's game. It's not even is. about bravery. She knew nothing about it. She was no, turned the other way. <laughs> but the fact is, they're capable of this. Like, not all of them have oh, that yeah, vicious just, streak going through them, but they're bloody well oh, capable stop, of doing it. Can be absolutely dangerous. They kill you stone dead in half a second if yeah, you want to. But they oh, are. good God, that was bright. Powerful, powerful beasts. Uh, Tony Keenan, by the way, is currently oh, distracted with work. Oh, imagine. What a load of nonsense that is putting your career before racing. Needs to pack uh, in the job and go full-time racing like all the cool kids. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but he will be back on the podcast very, very soon. Uh, finally, just a quick word on the big sales race, the two-year-old race. So Joseph's going to send over Medal of Honour. And uh, Sebastiano Ricci. Medal of Honour is one of these very frustrating horses who somehow managed to get beaten in that uh, maiden at, at Galway. Yeah, it looked a very, a very winnable race for him now, but it just went wrong. He was drawn wide. Um, it was decided to go forward. Um, we didn't think there'd be a whole lot of other um, pace uh, competition for the pace. There was. He ended up getting caught wide and he just got a bit burst, basically. Um, that was not ideal. 
Mm. Uh, but these things happen. And look, he's he's a horse that showed an awful lot of promise early on. Looked like a horse that could be a proper stakes horse. But it's just taken him a while to get going. And to be fair, like if you watch back his run on Saturday again, he should have finished a few lengths closer and behind, you know, proper good horses. There. Yeah. And the thinking with sending these two over here is basically the two of them will love the ground. They stay very well. And with the ground being the way it's going to be on Thursday, an awful lot of horses in this race are sprinty types that are unproven on the ground, whereas these two, wherever they'll be, they'll be hitting the line hard. Um, and look, they only have to finish 10th to make it worthwhile. Yeah. Every, every, every horse... Huge money. Every horse for, from 5th down to 10th gets seven and a half grand, and if you finish better than that, you're getting a right chunk of money. And especially for the likes of Sebastiano Ricci, he's not going to get a chance to run for a pot like this again more than likely. And he's running in the intricately colours, or intricately colours, depending on which commentator you decide to listen to. Uh, and has Ryan Moore. Yeah, yeah. And look, he... Again, he was one that he was a small bit of a project. He wasn't easy on himself early on. He'd race very freely, but he's relaxed and he's staying better and getting getting home in his race is better now. Like he's by Luke de Vega out of a, out of a Montju mare. He should be staying as well as he is, um, but he's not short of pace either. And he will absolutely relish the ground. Um, the race he won at Ross Common that was very soft. It was a good opportunity for him on bad ground and he got the job done in, in good style. Um, but he's def- they're def- the two of them I think are definitely worth a chance they'll both be very big prices I'd imagine because they look to have a fair bit to find and they do have a fair bit to find fives I think for both of them I yeah but look, you know, they don't, if, they, if they finish 10th or better it's job done and hmm. you never know when you have horses that will definitely handle the ground and will definitely be hitting the line well will definitely have proven stamina you never, you never know. Yeah. You never know. There's some sexier types in there with higher ratings, but they wouldn't be as sure to, to relish these conditions. So these races can be funny as well. They don't always go to form. Absolutely, and you know, just felt it was worth a little swing. Okay, that's the two Joseph O'Brien runners. Uh, Rory, any thoughts on the big two-year-old sales race? No, not at all. And on that note, we're done with our St. Ledger preview. The podcast isn't done, but we're done with our St. Ledger preview. Rory, pleasure talking to you as always. Hopefully the Wi-Fi will be up and running soon. I live in hope. Well, I've, I've managed to steal some at the moment, but whether I can keep doing that, I don't know. Shh, Rory, you're not supposed to say that on a podcast. <laughs> You've been lent Wi-Fi. I've been, I've been getting permission. Yeah, the, the, the Rory's new neighbours are now currently, assuming they listen to the show, are now currently running around trying to change passwords. Rory, what's your best bet for the week at Doncaster? Uh, I would go stake a claim in the Portland. Love it. Uh-huh. Big price as well, at least 16 to 1. Rory, pleasure talking to you as always. Hopefully we'll be chatting to you again next week, or if not next week, the week after, but very, very soon. Uh, mind yourself, plenty of whiskey, plenty of brandy. We'll chat to you again very soon. Medicine by Emmett. <laughs> be good, my man. Yeah. Rory Delargy, you can get all the information that you need on the At The Races website. The At The Races ledger site is available right now, and this very podcast will be on it. Also, Boise's going to be back on the show soon. His St. Ledger profiles, Northern Angle from Simon Mapletoff, uh, Stable Tours with Kevin Ryan and Richard Fahey, uh, Trend Spotting from David Myers. There's loads and loads and loads of content. Ledger.attheraces.com.
And if you are sick or have some sort of illness, get in touch with Emmett. He will prescribe you just the right type of alcohol you need to feel better. <laughs> Not just alcohol. I was talking to a colleague as Kevin walked into the Final Fulham Podcast studio who injured his back over the weekend and was asking me for uh, medicine advice. Literally like a drug dealer. And, Literally. And uh, and what type of... And I was given out that... The, oh yeah, man, you need one of these, the, one of those, <laughs> yeah. The anti-inflammatories he's on are 150 meg. The anti-inflammatories I'm on are 500 meg. Take two of those, do a, do a Jaeger mop, do a Jaeger bomb. <laughs> do you, not. You be buzzing all night, man. Do not take anti-inflammatories or any painkiller and a Jaeger bomb. By all means, do a Jaeger bomb, uh, but don't do that. We were doing plenty of Jaeger bombs at the car on Sunday. It was a great crack. Uh, but I, I was down. not doing Jaeger bombs at the car. L- lining them up, though. You were lining them up. Oh, stop. Let's start with Leopardstown, first of all. So I must have watched this race back 20 times. In the moment, I must have just kept on rewinding and rewinding and rewinding, and I've watched it again since as well. The Irish Champion Six was a very enjoyable race, but it was also a race that it gave me the expression on my face that you had last week when I told you I have never seen Braveheart. <laughs> it was eyebrow raising, and not because Decorated Knight won. Like his form is there in the book, and it's closely associated with the Highland Reel and he's and Ulysses, and I can see how he did it. Poet's word, I can see how he's finished off that race so well. There was a lot of talk around Newmarket that he's really good and he put up a very impressive performance the time before. But it was the tactics that were employed by Coolmore. It was the fact that, and you've written about this in your article for At The Races, that so many decided to go up the inside when the Golden Highway is there and we know it's there. Um, What was your impression of the Kipco Irish Champion Stakes. Yeah, slightly uh, interesting race from Flagfall, really. There was big speculation about how the pace would pan out. Eminent had improved when making the running last time, but he looked to have big competition for the lead in store for him uh, between success days, a habitual front runner, and Taj, Mah- Taj Mahal, a horse that's often made the running this season. And as it turned out, Taj- they took a put on Taj Mahal out of the stalls, and success days crossing from wide out was happy to let Eminent get on with it. Um, in, for for a split second, Eminence connections must have been dancing in the in the parade ringer, wherever they chose to watch the race. But then they would have realised, oh, oh, he's gone too hard. Eminence on a on a very exuberant day here, mm. and try and Frankie's got a wonderful set of hands, um, and is excellent on front runners. But he he is brilliant on front runners. He really is, but he couldn't quite get get a get a grip of Eminence. I don't. I think it's fair to say, and he just went a little bit harder than ideal. And, and that cost him the race then. Ultimately, I think he's run a stormer to finish third. Yeah. He really has. And he's back next year. That being said, I have a theory about Eminent. Okay. And the theory relates to Coolmore. Ryan oh. Moore rode this horse last time out and they've ridden against him several times. So they know what he is. I think the reason Taj Mahal was pulled back, and I, this is reaching, I could be completely wrong, it's not going to be the first time and it won't be the last, but I think they were very happy to have him make the running on the basis that they thought, well, you can make the running, but you're not going to be good enough to be Churchill. And then, for whatever reason, Churchill hasn't performed. It's not, what I'm essentially saying here is, could be totally wrong, but the fact that they allowed a horse who some people view as being a very good quality horse to go and make the running is enough to make me think that they don't think he's all that. You love reading into these things. <laughs> and sometimes, that, hence why I watched the race back 20 times and did watch each horse individually to see how it all unfolded for them. But 
I just have that feeling. I, my, I think it's quite simple. I think they were happy to ride Taj Mahal a bit quieter because I don't think they were intimidated by the prospect of a of even a steadily run champion stakes. I think they're jumped off Churchill prominent if they go in quick, so be it. If they went steady, he's in the box seat. Um, that would be my way of reading it. Now, Churchill had a good draw. I think they were just happy to sit prominent on the rail as long as he was something, he had something in the front of him, Grant. Hmm. Let's talk about the winner. Uh, you've made the point in your article that they he, he's going to be popular when he retires to stud. No question about it. Um, three, oh, don't get me wrong, he's not going to be the most commercial stallion in no, the world. No, he's not, you know, but, but there will be plenty who will say, Galileo, three Group 1 wins, thanks very much, we'll be going to him because he's going to be a value option. Like, he's not going to be... No, he's not going to be one of the higher grand, price ones. No. Uh, 50 grand to get your mare to him. Um, but he's a Galileo out of a Stormcat mare. And a storm, a full sister to Giants Causeway. Yeah, and... He's had a fantastic season. He's been very well placed by Roger Charlton, who's got a great record when he comes to Ireland. Fabulous record. Um, the weird thing about it is that we rewatched the race for the 21st time before we, we came on the air. Um, he's stone last rounding that final bend. And I know Jamie Spencer was tweeting afterwards saying he thinks he's the most naturally gifted horseman in the business and that he told him beforehand that he'd worked out on his mind. I don't believe for one second that Andre had seen he decided, I'm going to finish stone last I'm going to be stone last all the way around and then I'm going to sweep down the outside. I think it just worked out well for him, but he's had a fantastic finishing kick and you have to give him credit. It's been a great season for him. Oh, I'd say that was the plan. Do you reckon? I'd say it was the plan. He, he wouldn't have necessarily Come that far he was, wide? I don't, oh, yeah. I don't think... Well, if you walk the track, that, that's, what you, that's what he would have done. Yeah, I know being on the outside is one thing, but like he was really far out. If he walked the track, that's what he would have wanted okay. to do. Um, and and you were making that point with Gary before racing as well. Yeah, I just can't believe the way some some of the jockeys rode this now. Yeah. Um, but there you go. Not not everyone walks. Not every rider has the time to walk the track. But um, and look, I, I'm sure that was the plan with Decorated Knight. I don't think that they thought they would they'd win. But I, I think he was given a ride to pick up the pieces and hopefully finish third or fourth. And it's worked out that he's just and, and he's just gone and won. Mm. He's just gone and won. Um, and fair play to them. I've always been a. A huge fan and admirer of Andrea Zini, and it's just great to see him really coming good this season and putting it up to the doubters. Finally, he's made it. He's finally made it. <laughs> After so many years in the shadows, you're still getting tweets. There were still somebody tweeted to say, uh, "Is it true that Andrea walked up to that Andrea Zini walked up to Kevin and eyeballed him and refused an interview?" That like you're still getting tweets about it. You make one comment, lads. He's a very, very good jockey. Clearly. <laughs> My opinion is he's not one of the very best in the world. That's it. There's only a handful of them. But he's very and he's riding fantastically. And, and joining I, I, us on the line now is Andrea Zini. If he came up and said <laughs> if he came up and asked me, I'd repeat it, you know. It's, it's an opinion. He can think I'm talking shite all he wants. I don't, you know, it's an opinion. But it was an in- look, Churchill, I suppose, is the next talking point. No, let's go with Poet's Word first of all, because I really want to get stuck into him. So Poet's Word is four now. Um, son of Poet's Voice and he's progressing along very nicely he just wants to go back to 12 I'd say ideally yeah you know, he looked to be really well suited by 12 it was a slightly surprising decision for him to come back to 10 100% justified as it's turned out but I'd say he'll be just as ha- happier even back at 12 ok Cliffs of Moher has finished in front of Churchill uh, he's just not the horse we thought he was well he's run well he's met his interference in running as well hmm um, I don't think we've seen the very, very best of him. Okay. 
uh, look you're reaching he'd want to be uh, the same sort of price again next time to take another chance on him but I don't think we've seen the very best of him on this occasion they'll take the pins out and he'll be a Duke of Marmalade and much better next year <laughs> there are no pins in him by the way but that excuse was fantastic for Duke of Marmalade right Churchill um, there's a number of people want to make the point that he was unlucky I think there was a gap there for him to go through as he's entering the red zone and he didn't go through it now the thing about Churchill is he doesn't have an explosive turn of foot he builds momentum and then sustains it is more I think of what he does but I thought he lugged to the left a little bit just a slight little bit which would be a concern to me there was a gap there he didn't take it then it gets closed he's definitely copped a right bump he's taken a right bump but he didn't seem to lose an awful lot of momentum he's definitely beaten an awful lot his finishing position is as a direct result of the interference he has suffered but I don't necessarily think that's what cost him. Oh, it's it's almost impossible to know, really, because it's hard to quantify what the bump did to him. Mm. You know, if you watch, we watched the footage again just before we went on. You know, the, the, what I would suggest you look at is look at success days and look at his hindquarters. And when the interference happens, there's obviously a fair impact because success days hindquarters swing right out in the opposite direction. Yeah. There was a fair bump there. I the answer is I don't know. He was absolutely better than the form. How much better than the form? I, I really don't know. It's hard to quantify. It really is. But he there was enough Lagarde in there to suggest that you know you gotta give him another go. You don't have to back him with I think you got he, the horse at this stage, you have to reserve judgment on him, perhaps absolute judgment on him at least, until he has another opportunity when things go when things go better for him than they did here. What is that? Next opportunity going to be? Will they drop him back to the QE2 or would they go for the champion stakes? A race that Aiden O'Brien's yet to win. It's a tough one. I would have thought it'd be champion stakes. If it's soft ground, where do you go? They'll run him again, won't they? Oh, yeah. Because at this stage, there's nothing to lose by rolling the dice again. Yeah, got to run. Got to run. So it's just a matter of trying to work out where he goes. And there's a very interesting... Um split an opinion from odds compilers when normally they're copying each other's work these days but this time around he's as short as 6-1 to one and as big as 10-1 to one for the champion stakes like PokerStars are going BetStars PokerStars same company they're standing out of 10s while a lot of others want to go 6s I wouldn't even think about it now until we get to see what the ground is like yeah that's going to be so crucial they could go Breeders' Cup which one? they'd go Classic wouldn't they? Classic? oof Roll it. Roll that dice. Oof, nah. Hope the Stormcat influence works. Oh, I don't know. Is it going to be a good classic this year? Don't think so. It would be a big Candace shout, was man. making the point it that would be a big people are overreacting to Gunrunner and that he should not be the favourite he is. Arrogate obviously has to bounce back but may very well do so. God, that would be a big shout. He could win the turf. He could win the mile. He won't go for the turf, I'd say. No. Because no. they've, they've, they've got one for that. Little yeah. known horse called Highland Real. Um, I don't know. I don't know. The horse has questions to answer. So, the Coolmore brochure for next season European champion juvenile, dual classic winner. That hasn't changed in what he's done subsequently. It's, that's still going to be on the paperwork. But do you think that when. And, and we've already talked about the fact that it's not going to affect his value. He's still going to be a very exciting stud prospect and could very well turn out to be the natural successor to Coolmore, uh, to Galileo for Coolmore. But 
could he end his campaign with a big win? Like, are you willing to look at that as some are and say he's, that race has been lost due to the interference? Ignore it. Look at the market move that came from the boys obviously thought he was in good form. Or is he running out of excuses? Oh, I'd like to forgive him again. And I hate making repeated excuses for horses, mm. but, you know, it happened. It happened. Yeah. I'm not as inclined to agree with you. I'll be mm. honest with you, but I, I, the fact the gap was there initially for him to go through, and he didn't. That's the thing that would concern me. Maybe Ryan was trying to hold on to him and, and go afterwards, but he's definitely received a bump. Um, and what they do with him next will be fascinating. How much of it will be influenced by where winter goes? I think the Colts will always be the priority, and the Phillies will fill the gap. Uh, intriguing race tactically. So on this card last year, Minding got beaten in the Irish Champion Stakes and was next seen winning the QE2. I'd love to see her go for the QE2. I'd love to see her go I've for always well. thought she was a miler. Yeah. Uh, she dropped back to a mile and she's been beaten. To be fair, they had, Aiden had said in the press beforehand that she'd missed a bit of work. Eight or nine days she missed. So she's got a fairly legitimate excuse for this. And it looked as though you stopped that race 20 seconds before the line, she's kind of winning. Bolter. Bolter. How, how, how far? Um, it's to Hydrangea's credit that she's managed Hydrangea uh, credit that she's managed to to fight back and get there and it's of course going back to the start of the season where she's won let's talk about her first of all um, she's definitely a group one filly she's just not the most consistent um, she's tipping away to be fair to her like I did question the level of this form but might not be worth as much as we're giving it the fact that she's winning it she did win run a huge race behind like she almost beat intricately in the Moigler last year oh she's a very good filly she's been it was a well deserved group one now because she knocked on the door heavily a few times but this time of year seems to suit her possibly but since her defeat of winter she has been comprehensively stuffed by her four times on all four occasions since so it's like that's not the result many people would have been expecting. Well, of course not, because that's not what the form book suggested. You know, I know Winter had her setback, and you're just you're just trying to weigh up how that might affect her. And for me, she just clearly blew up. Yeah, yeah, that's how I deemed it as well. The fact that she looks like ten seconds from the line, she's going yeah. to absolutely sluice in here. I, I I did have a little giggle now with some people on on social media. The one of the wonders of social media. Were given Shamie Heffernan and Slick for the, the the look around on Roly Poly, <laughs> on Roly Poly. turning in. You know, I, I look, people can have whatever opinion they want. They can slag what they like. But the the irony here, I think, is the same people that would have been slagging Shamie for doing that are probably the same people that were slagging Godolphin for Tuscanini getting in the way of Ribchester when he was when he was going backwards after pacemaking at Royal Ascot, was it? Yeah, but hold on a second now. I think isn't there a point that Roly Poly's a dual group one winner? What's she doing pacemaking? Doesn't matter. She was beat. She wasn't pacemaking. She was ridden to. She was ridden to win. Look and at the, look at the sectional. She didn't go hard at all. And is it just a case of the Shamey realised? Uh oh, goose was this, cooked. This is not her day. My goose is cooked. I'm not getting in the way. Where where's where's winter? So that's what he's doing, as opposed right. to open the door for Ryan Moore to talked, go through. Look, there was, she was well beaten, and I'm yeah. sure Shamey felt she was well beaten, and he just didn't want to get in the way. Simple. It makes look. You can. You can. You'll there be someone listening. Going, oh, but every horse has to be written on their own merits, and going down that road. But you know, <laughs> you did what Norville does. You made. The, <laughs> you made the maneuver for glasses. <laughs> look. You. You can. You can talk about your. Your writing to the rules and all that. But 
common sense, that's common sense. If you're on a horse that's beaten and your stablemate's behind you, you try and get out of the way. You know, if, if he interferes with something else and doing it, then we have a problem. But he didn't. He was looking behind him to see where his stablemate was. He felt he was beaten and he got out of the way. Simple as that. That makes sense. You know, relax yourselves, lads. Jesus. Yeah. But you see, we do want to get worked up, though. We do want to get worked up. By the way, uh, there's a lovely person by the name of Brian Whelan got in touch with us. Uh, Brian does work with Dan Heap, a friend of the podcast, who took a beautiful photo, a number of beautiful photos of George Bowen at the weekend. We'll talk more about George a little bit later on. Uh, he was talking to us about helping us out with uh, cameras for the studio. Oh. So um, we haven't had... Well, D is the one who has the responsibility for that, and I noticed that D hasn't got back to you on social media. So we apologise for that, but she'll talk to you. But just just for the Kevin Blake Norval impression there, we'll have to... Seriously, consider the old oh, camera game. God. Um, that's what he probably have to get that's, dressed up if we do that. That's that's the Shamey Heffernan situation. In terms of winter, that's a defeat that she doesn't really lose a whole lot. She loses nothing really from that, and you look forward to the next day. I really hope the next day is the QE two. So do I. So do I. I really do. And that would be fantastic um, yeah. because Ripchester's good, and we'll chat about him as well. But I wouldn't want to be giving her the oh, I want to see her take on the boys. And look, she might not be good enough, but I suspect she'll be I right. think I she suspect is. she'll be on top of them. Yeah, I, I think the sex and age allowance there would be that'll be a help anyway. But I even think if that wasn't there, she's she's a damn good racehorse. I'm looking forward that'll to that. Good fun. Um, Ryan Moore got a hurricane of abuse on social media, rightfully so. <laughs> and the ride. The, the ride in the Clipper Logistics Boomerang Stakes on Sir John Lavery. Every bit of interference he could find, he found. Now, it might just be that that race unfolded the way it did and there wasn't a whole lot he could do and maybe Sir John Lavery lacks the tactical speed to get him out of trouble. But God, it was a nightmare to watch. Disaster. I'm sure Ryan, as much as anyone else, knows that it was a, hor- a horrendous ride and there were some oh. poor decisions made. Um, it was what it was. Bad ride. Exceptionally frustrating for anyone that was that had latched onto the horse. Um, never nice when the best horse is beaten. Um, but this is horse racing, unfortunately. Sometimes this happens, and like I say, he'll know it as much as anyone else. He's not. He's uh, self-aware enough, I think, to know when he's made a mistake. Before we move on to the Curra, Nelson got another winners enclosure for Donica. Great weekend for Donica. Fabulous, uh, yeah. This was a really impressive performance. Like we were talking about the two market leaders. Um, in the preview show, the Mick Alfred horse and Delano Roosevelt. And in the end, Nelson has absolutely bolted up. Yeah, and anyone that, that was watching the ATR coverage can, can skip forward 30 seconds here because I'm probably going to pretty much repeat myself. I thought the race was a fabulous um, illustration of, of how Aiden trains these two-year-olds nowadays and the, how much they improve in terms of know-how and fitness from run to run because... The winner looked like looked so clueless in his first two goals and did not look straightforward. And in his two starts since, they've decided to make the running with him and he's looked like a proper racehorse. Mm. Has looked very good. He was very good again here. And Delanio Roosevelt, again, we've talked about this on the pod before. They don't really want these two-year-olds winning first time out because it's very difficult. They don't know, they don't know a huge amount. They're sending them to the races, needing to run mentally and physically with a view to getting them to go forward from run to run, to have positive experiences run to run and to achieve results like roly-poly and hydrangea where these horses are, you know, holding their form 
through a season um, after busy juvenile campaigns. That's what they're looking to achieve. And Delano Roosevelt won through sheer ability without didn't, without having a clue what he was doing first time out. And um, he was heavily backed into Fav here, jumped out of the stalls, and he clearly still doesn't have a clue what he's doing. Yeah. And he was in a better, much better class of race than he was on debut. And he was totally and utterly lost. And he flew home again through nothing but raw ability. And look, he'll be much better again next time. But it just it's just such a good illustration, I thought, of just how he trains them and what people have to be aware of, what they have to expect. Some horses inevitably will be more mentally and physically forward naturally than the rest and will be able to win first time out and you know take the step up and grade in their stride but in general the way Aiden trains them a lot of them won't be able to do that it's an educational process yeah it's just something to be aware of because these horses will generally go off at short prices yeah and you're not going to have much crack back in uh, the likes of Delaney Roosevelt second time out at, at a short price will we see Nelson on the anti-racist cameras next time out at Doncaster I wonder I don't know. I didn't. I didn't get to hear the interview afterwards. Um, fun to see a Frankel in the in the cool more colours, isn't it? Yeah, fun to see a good one. Yeah, and he does look good. Yeah, and he just there's like watch watch the videos, lads. If you want to, if you know, it's, it's a great case study for what I'm talking about because he did not look straightforward in his first two starts. No, no, not at all. He and uh, the plenty plenty of people pointed to his debut. He was given a very tender introduction. But with the benefit of hindsight, you can see why, because he just didn't have a clue. He just did not have a clue. And he didn't have a clue second time. And it was only third time that he knew what he was doing. They jumped out, made the running, and he showed what he can do. And he shows again here uh, better how better again he is with the third run under him. Actually, one of my favourite mares right now, Brian, the Irish Oaks winner, Moonstone. And what a broodmare she's been. Look, yeah. look at what she's done as a broodmare so far. I think she's had five stakes horses already. And it doesn't seem that Cracking. long ago since she was winning the Irish Oaks. And the Saddle as Wells... Delacani cross was very important and this is you know, Frankel, son of Galileo, son of of, of um, Sadler's Wells that's continuing here, that cross line, that, that pedigree cross is continuing. Yeah, it's a real interesting one though. For and some reason it's just really clicked that partnership when they marry those two together, it just seems to really work obviously not all of the time but yeah, a lot of the look, time it's one of those I, High Chaparral was a product of that yeah, personally I don't get too wound up about about crosses because generally with crosses like this you're dealing with you know top class animal one side top class animal the other side you know it shouldn't be a wild surprise when they produce top class animals <laughs> it shouldn't be but it just it does seem like High Chaparral being I remember when I first saw him on the race course I thought oh, this is interesting he could be quite good because it had been written about this that this cross was something that Coolmore were really pushing for and I think the Aga Khan as well and it just for whatever reason I mean there will have been some that bombed but for whatever reason it just really seemed to work that Sadler's Wells Delacani line yeah look, it's... and interesting that the grandsons are continuing that yeah again I'd be I'd be suggesting there's a, there's a wee bit of confirmation bias at play there but yeah probably um, it's it's lots of people buying it, it, it is so. interesting though uh, big weekend for Dermot Wald yeah a real high profile announcement that he is back we had signs of it on, on on lesser battlefields in recent weeks but this was a very good weekend well a good weekend for Dermot considering what had come before mm. earlier in the season also on Saturday before we go to the Curra um, Harry Angel has Yeah he was impressive wasn't he Properly confirmed Tuggity is now 
Rory said it on the show last week that he was expecting him that he would drift to too big a price. Uh, he's ended up going off a two to one shot, and he's blitzed them. Another one in the eye for the for the ground for for the, for the ground based punters. That'll show you, Teresa Mannion. Ground schmound. Is uh, a good Arsenal going any ground? He he's beaten Tazleet. Uh, the Tin Man has has run well to finish third. Um, like there are better races for him to go and win. It is a Group One, but he's just very very good. Yeah, it's just a pity Brando didn't turn up in in top yes, form. Yeah, but he would have been very hard pressed to be to, to oh. get near Harry Angel now. He's just a very fast. You know, I I'd still love to see him over five because I think he'd be just fine. But that's just me being being. In, you know, no, per, I completely agree per, with you. Pernickety, but he, he's deadly. He's deadly. Is there because Adam Kirby was was talking a little bit this afterwards? The fact that Godolphin acquired him first of all, good piece of business. Who was the man who who did that? Some fella called Ferguson was he? He was very. <laughs> inst- <laughs> Don't be stirring that pot now. <laughs> but he did well though. Um, like they, there was two horses over the weekend that they acquired that have done the job for them: Ripchester and, and Harry Angel. Uh, I did notice on social media a few people talking about the prospect of something to give him a lead. Is there, is there anything that could even do that? I don't see... If they did, it would be detrimental to their own prospects. I think it really <laughs> would be. Like, he's just a horse that wants to go out and blitz them. Intelligence cross, he's that one. Well, he's going to be back, <laughs> I should imagine. <laughs> and the reason he's going to be back is because I suspect, and now we'll switch to the Curra on Sunday, which we were there, um, and you were talking about Caravaggio, and you've always said that Caravaggio would be best over five furlongs and you couldn't understand <laughs> why they were. So you reversed your, your thought process. On the basis of new evidence, you decided to, to think soft ground was going to be key to him and that five furlongs he'd get away with. Um, you were right. We were standing beside each other in the bar watching this race because it was not a day to be standing outside. The weather was horrific. We're getting the tail end of Irma and... Um, that's what happens whenever there's a big hurricane over in North America. The tail end of it always starts to hit. We get the spray. Yeah, and it was the weirdest day weather-wise. If Teresa's there again, apparently she's not. She's off the line, apparently. But um, there was stink. Every 20 minutes, there'd be blue skies and sunshine, and then it would be back to torrential downpours and gale force winds. It was just the stink. weirdest day, but not a day to be about. The only time that we actually went outside was to see the Phillies for the Moigler. Loads. You were, but Dee and I had far better <laughs> better sense and we just decided to sit there and consume large quantities of alcohol for the day. But the only time we went outside was to see the Phillies for the Moigler and Hurricane Fly, who was being paraded. I love that feature. It's a nice touch. It's fantastic. And they did it last year as well. He looks like he could go and win a champion hurdle this season. He looks brilliant. Put that saddle on, Willie. And there was a woman in front of us. I'm very sorry because um, I've forgotten your name. Uh, Dee should know it and she'll put it on my screen. But she had gone to see him at the stud the day before and she was feeding him a bag of carrots. That's his. That's mm. the treat he loves. <laughs> and he was in flying form, as was Faheen and Dovan. They both look fantastic yeah, as well. Great to see. It's it's brilliant to see all those those class acts and what an absolute hero Caravaggio uh, Caravaggio what an absolute hero Hurricane Fly is and great to hear him getting such a warm reception at the Curra as well. But having talked about Harry Angel Caravaggio Everest seems to be off the agenda. In which case, Champion Sprinted Ascot next, and these scat daddies love Ascot and he's back in form. I think he'll do Harry Angel, you know. He might get an ease in the ground as well. Yeah. Um, look, I, I, you know, I stand over my little theory that soft ground is a help to him. 
The trip, maybe it was too soft. The trip was certainly seeing the shit a bit on the short side. Looked in trouble at one stage. Which we did fear. I thought he was in big trouble at one stage. We both looked at each other and went, "Uh uh-oh. He's, you know, gradually got into it and is ultimately well on top of, you know, a filly that he should be stomping all over, really, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, he's beaten beaten a 92 rated horse. You know, I wouldn't be getting carried away about the bare form, but it's good to see him get back and just just do it right. Well, you were talking about the fact that this is such a big call and unnecessarily big call for Aidan O'Brien to make mm. so God there was huge money for him wasn't there unbelievable huge money for him um, you know considering that we you know we we spoke about it last week that you know every judge is likely to be against them yeah and you know everyone what was the description of people you were suggesting would be at the Irish Champions oh, weekend scumbags <laughs> the, sc- the scumbags had a big weekend the each way scumbags yeah, got, a, got a few of those big fabs beaten yeah. scumbags they got blower. scalded here though because I can't imagine too many of them are on alphabet no no a little bit of sweet sweet justice there's no harm keep the scumbags honest oh yeah yeah back to your I'm your, pretty your pot noodles. I'm pretty certain the pot noodle comment will stay in, but the 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 other remark which Kevin Blake I'll made will have been bleeped <laughs> by uh, by producer D. I suspect I suspect that won't make it past the edit process <laughs> somehow. Um, next up for them, what's the story? Are we going to see him in Ascot Champions make, Day? Makes, yes, makes perfect sense. Yeah, makes he's not going sense. to Devers because he was given the vaccines. Um, I. There was no chat about it the other day. Okay, Everest is off the agenda. I look back up to uh, back up to a stiff six f- for him at least. Hopefully, with an ease in the ground, which it should be. At Although that, predicting the weather the these days is is a big mistake. Yeah, he'd have a he'd have a fine chance. I think he really I, would. How do they price it? Is it nine to two, eleven to eight, nine to two, five to four? Oh, that's a big gap, lads. That's what I was thinking at the time. Um, I could. Be. I have a feeling I'm. I'm envisioning a, a docket for six to one immediately after the race. It's obviously gone since, but fives is the very best price. Yeah, five to one. Actually, he's cut since. Since yeah, we, yeah, there, there, there so was fours uh, now. I have. I didn't lose my mind. There was sixes immediately after the race, but that was big. He's been cut a bit. Yeah, if he goes for it, yeah, he'd be he'd be the best opponent for him. So if I pushed you right now and asked you to choose, who do you think is the most likely winner of the sprint stakes, the champion sprint stakes at Ascot? I'd have two points each way in Caravaggio, please. <laughs> <laughs> he did it again. He did the classes manoeuvre again. Oh, right. Hopefully they don't want to be eight runners. Caravaggio. <laughs> well, it won't matter if you've done it anti-post. Well, mate, you'll have the three places unless some of these firms are trying to to change the terms on the day. Sneaky. Yeah, snakes. Watch out for that. Watch out for that, folks. Keep a close eye on that. Scumbags. Uh, that's Caravaggio on the winner's enclosure and... Um, Good to see him back to winning ways as well. Moigler stud stakes. So, Clemmy was withdrawn, much to my frustration. Uh, Ryan Moore switched on board Magical, but it was Happily. And Donica O'Brien, who got the job done, and it's a second Group 1 win in the same race for Donica. Uh, you were making the point in your article for Other Races that time is against Donica O'Brien in terms of being a jockey due to his frame. A uh, little bit like his brother. So, each of these successes will be sweet and will mean a great deal. Um, he gave her a cracking ride, I thought. Yeah, getting the better of Ryan Moore and a tight finish. You know, two very good fillies. And tight finish, which resulted in him having to not use his whip because because of how close he got to, to her. Yeah. So it's, it, in the final strides, it's hands and heels. 
but to the extent that he knew he had enough left in the tank to get there, which was brave. Two proper fillies. Which one is the best one? I have no idea. <laughs> nothing between could, these two, isn't it? Could it be, uh, how do you sort out these fillies? Yeah. How what 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 would the result be on better ground? I I genuinely don't know. I don't have a clue. It'd be very hard to price up and bet. I would think. Clemmy wins by five lengths. <laughs> Maybe she would on good ground. I I genuinely don't know. Um, just two lovely fillies. Uh, it'd be interesting to see where they go now. If some of them will go for a fillies mile, maybe. Mm. Well, they uh, could end up clashing again there potentially. Uh, because as we've said, as you've said on several occasions, the one thing like Aiden's not even afraid to let Colts take each other on, particularly in a big race like the Derby, but particularly with these fillies, oh, very happy, very yeah. happy to let them take each other on. That's great and let them sort it. themselves out on the track. Not that easy to work out, but it's great to see it. Yeah. Oh, from a punting perspective. Like, imagine he'd only run one in this. It would have been very damp squibby, wouldn't it? Yeah, very much so. Um, there has been, I've noticed this is a call on social media as well, uh, a lot of people suggesting this, well, not so much a lot, but there's a significant number of people suggesting, through frustration, I should imagine, that if you've backed Magical... And and you've got Ryan Moore on board, learning that Clemmy is out, and then happily comes and and does you. Um, that the paramutual would be a better se- system. Yeah. I would Terrible hate idea. that. Terrible idea. I'd hate it because Take if I some fancied responsibility and accountability, lads. Well, if I fancied happily, why should I get punished and not get the price? If you, if you if you if you don't put in, have enough faith in your opinion to know which one to back, couple them all, lads. Do it yourself. Cop on. Yeah, I'd hate Jesus. that. I would absolutely hate paramutual. Terrible idea. Awful idea. If that's your idea, go... No, I won't say it. <laughs> Thankfully, he managed to stop himself and the bleep machine wasn't required. I won't say um, it. Philly's mile for these the front two, you'd imagine. As Possibly, for, yeah. As for September. I don't know. I don't know. Is that... Are we starting to see that this is just as good as she is? Quite possibly. Quite possibly. Because that's two disappointing runs now. Yeah. I liked Murren back and forth, you know. She's a, and I'm not just saying it because I was banging the drum about her beforehand, yeah. but I thought she ran a lovely race. She's she not got beaten far. She got outpaced and she came home well. She's ready for the mile now. And I don't know if they'd go Philly's mile or if they'd, they'd lower. Let me just have a quick little peek at my magic box here. But you can imagine she'd be a decent long-term prospect as well. A good oh, long-term yeah. prospect. Yeah, one for next year. Ha ha, there's the race for her, Eddie Lynham. I've already done your job for you. On the 8th of October at Navin, the Silken Glider Stakes, one mile, two-year-old fillies only. And all Kevin Blake charges you, Eddie, is 20%. There you go. That's all you've got to pay him, 20%. Cheers, Eddie, and uh, I'll take five, just for facilitating this broadcast. Could go for the Well Park Stakes over seven. That's only, that's less than two weeks ago. No, no, Navin's the race, up to a mile. But she'll definitely run again this season. Oh God, you'd hope so. That's it. There you go. Put her away after now, Eddie. Get your get your big black type. Um, it should be exceptionally tough to beat there. For those four horses, in terms of classic prospects next season. Oh, no idea. No idea. We need to learn more. Uh, I didn't get a great look at them beforehand. If I'd love to have them all lined up in front of me, and I can assess them physically and try and work out which one is going to do better over the winter because there isn't a whole lot between them that's one certainty how significant is it that Ryan was riding Clemmy and then chose Magical I don't know if he chose or did they just probably did like I don't know how much of a choice Ryan ever has I think he's putting these horses he's not there in the mornings riding them you know he'll have experience riding them in the race he might have an idea of what he wants to ride 
But in a situation like this where there's genuinely very little between four or five of them, I'd imagine he's guided by Aiden. Okay. Yeah, because how many times can he be a belly doll to ride out? Next to never, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Jim Bulger is back in the big time, baby. Oh, he was loving it. Verbal he dexterity. Was on some form. Not only a group one win, but a group one win for a sire he stands at his own stud in vocalized. Yeah, and a I sire really that liked. Has pretty much been used by no one but Jim Bulger for, for years. Yeah, he's backed him and he's backed him well and he's been rewarded now. Um he's taken a He's taken a, a long-term view with verbal dexterity. He's he's nursed him along, uh, and obviously the the favourite was out. But even if Gustav Klimt was there, he'd have had to have been very very good to be the source. Oh yeah, he stays well. He handles the ground really well. Um, it was just that good performance. You know, powered away in the final furlong, stays very well. Uh, Jim was very put out by the fact that no none of the press men had rung him to ask him about the horse beforehand. <laughs> Which is which is quite <laughs> remarkable. Now, given that the horse was kind of away, and and uh, someone might say, "Why did you do it, Blake?" I don't I was, do I don't do that type of thing. I was going to say, but you don't. No, that's, that, that's, that's not the type of work I do. But yeah. Given that, because I we had myself and Gary were previewing the race before racing, and you know we made mention of the fact. Well, you know it is slightly concerning. Where has he been for the last ten weeks? You know, Jim isn't one to spare a horse generally, and there had been quite a few options for him in between. So we were slightly slightly concerned. Where you know. Had he had a setback, was it serious? So on and so forth. But um, I still don't know because Jim didn't tell, didn't say anything about it afterwards. But um, he's ultimately bolted up here, and I'd imagine Dewhurst. We said, oh, definitely, yeah. And he was speaking of him in very complimentary terms relative to his other national Dewhurst winners. He talked about he compared him to Tiafilio, new approach and tone approach. Yeah. Um, and I, there's a fair chance he might be running in the, the good elephant colours maybe so friend of the show Laura King was tweeting today has ver- verbal dexterity been sold yet he will be racing in the Godolphin blue he might be just keep refreshing the Godolphin page if you're interested in this because eventually that's who he's going to be with <laughs> there was a I'm going to bring up a, there was a funny exchange here from our pal Johnny Ford did you see this? Yes, I did. Johnny was texting him. That, yeah, that did. That did amuse me. He, so he texts Jim Bulger saying, Hi, Jim. Have you happened to sell VE yet? Great two days for the sire. And of course, Jim couldn't resist correcting him. VD. <laughs> he says, No. He says he's not leaving. But the, but the, but the punchline is, is to come, though. Yeah, Johnny replies, VE day was a different matter. And Jim, yes. Yes, I remember. <laughs> For all you kids out there, VE Day, Victory in Europe Day, back in 1945. <laughs> the man's a legend, and it's great to see him with a with another proper Group One horse as well. Dewhurst next. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing with Jim. Like, is it's what you know he's got to an incredible position where he is essentially self sufficient. But it's it's been two years, I think, since his last Group One yeah. win, and to sustain what is a one can only imagine what the expenses are to run. Cool Cullen and to run um, Beachy Park and to run Redmond Sound Stud can't be cheap huge amount of staff huge amount of horses exceptionally expensive enterprise and he needs a proper horse to come along that he can get a proper sale from to keep the whole thing ticking over Um, and hopefully I hope for him he gets this horse sold really well Um, because I'm a big I'm a big Jim fan unashamed no so am I 
and um, I, this looks a proper horse and I hope he gets a proper price for him Beckford's run well he's run a stormer um, just outstayed yeah. simple as that the, the the turnaround from the railway stakes seems to be the stepping up a trip but I wonder how much has verbal dexterity just matured and improved in the few weeks that he's been off the track as well since yeah, those 10 weeks and Beckford may not have been relishing the ground either mm. you know I think the plan for him is to come back to six now um, and hopefully he get a, a little bit of better ground but you, at this time of year it's hard to hard to take that for granted now and they finished clear of a group winner in Rostropovich so the form looks pretty solid yeah no when Gustav Klimt came out you know a, a little bit of air went out of the race but with that performance now I think you can put it you can put it up there I would think he'll win the Dewhurst verbal dexterity and he's an insulting price for the 2000 guineas assuming the ground isn't dependent for him do you think it is? Um, I think he'd always appreciate in the ease you'd be a little bit worried about him going down to the dip at Newmarket if it was quick but you know it's a double figure price late April early May always a chance of a bit of water flying around in the air he's a double figure price and he's been very he's been talked about quite bullishly and being compared to all the right horses yeah wouldn't put you off long term project the retirement plan is on the cause of causes verbal dexterity double Ugh. begins now. Um, Order St. George. So we talked about it last week on the show about how he announced his arrival. His his real announcement to the big stage was his victory in this race last year. This was almost a carbon copy of it. He absolutely bolted up. Yeah, demolition job. You know, he's a, when, he, when he's on top form, he, he's absolutely deadly. He's the best there around. Um, no disrespect to the orange fella but he'd have I had no on, chance on their best days I think this fella's very good soft ground I think is a help to him as well yeah um, he's just very good isn't he I know it was it does make good. you wonder about the Lascaux Gold Cup how, the, how did he get beaten I don't think it's a race that really plays to his strengths now for all that he obviously goes very well and that I don't think it's a it's a race that, that is optimal for him in terms of conditions mm. he will go for the arc next yeah good luck to him he looks in fine fettle and we've discussed it well. You know, this isn't a, a deep arc. It's not as deep as the arc he, he ran very well in last year. So, yeah, good luck to him. Uh, before we move on to arc trials, um, anything else in particular that you want to f- highlight from the Curra? Another big win for Dermot Wells, but anything else you want to talk about? Um, no, I think I'm pretty... I can't believe it. I teed you up. I can't believe it. Oh. Georgie. He looked a picture, to be fair. And some great photos from, from Dan Heap, which were available on Twitter. He tweeted them to Kevin, so you can check those out. Yeah, um, ah, great, great. See, I always enjoy seeing Georgie. He just, unfortunately, just wasn't his day. That's just, just drawn five. Yeah. May as well have stayed at home, unfortunately. Yeah. It was good uh, to see him there, though. I got ah, yeah, to the, see him come the, over. The, the recipe at, at the Curra. There's I'm another not, good day in him, I think. There probably is, but good luck predicting it. <laughs> <laughs> to, be, to be fair. They they are giving him a bit of respite with his mark again, but yeah, you know I think those big in those big big handicaps you need every a normal horse needs everything to go right, and I think Georgie needs absolutely everything to go right. Yeah, but the the formula the current now in that sprint track was um, British trained, uh, drawn high. Yeah, simple as that. Old Ice Age, old snazzy jazzy, um, bang bang. We should get friend of the show. Richard Fahey back on to talk more about him but really we'd no, be getting I, I, him on No, we don't want to be annoying him now. Re- Really though, we'd be getting him on to talk about Ribchester back to winning ways in Group 1 company in the Prix de Moulin and 
he's done it well. And I think it was Mike was tweeting from the At The Races Twitter page just how consistent and how brilliant he's been. Um, there's been a few horses have the scar of Goodwood on them, but not him. Tough, generous off the bridle, top class. What more could you want? He's yeah. a super horse. He really uh, is. He will go... QE2 next I, I'm really hoping there's going to be the match between him and, oh, and Winter I, I've been looking forward to it all season I'd love this they'll both have had had long seasons at that stage so my, my anti-climax meter would be would be dinging at me a bit but wouldn't it be great if the two of them turned up oh, and, and ran their races that Whoa. could be some race right pre for my um, Batil has won this race by two and a half lengths she's won it in a time uh, quicker than Cracksman Anyway, they went the proper pace in that race, whereas they went no pace in the other space. No pace in that one. Uh, do you think she has any chance in the arc? It's wide open. If it turned up oh, soft, maybe. No, probably not. That's no. a that's a no. no. Uh, the pre-foy, Cloth of Stars has run reasonable. Um, Dishing's Secret has ended up winning the race, but the big story of this was the fact that Satono Diamond just bombed. Yeah, a blow for the Japanese hopes for the big one. Yeah, he's out now, basically. There's no point in him even running, is there? Who knows? Horses can bounce back, but... Yeah, he needs to seriously bounce back. Oh, yeah, though. very disappointing, though. And Cracksman. So, again, we were standing beside each other and we're saying, uh-oh, he's in a bit of bother. And it was the very same as the Voltager. Yeah, it's just him. It's just him. They, You know, they didn't go quick. It took him a little while to go through the gears. And, like, he's not slow, to be fair to him. I just... I still think he's just a pair of cheek pieces would be a big help to him. Genuinely, yeah. like I'm not taking the mick. Like I genuinely no, think no. it would be a it would be a big help to him. Just to sharpen up a little bit because the pace is there. It just needs maybe perhaps a little bit of help just to just to get the revs up a bit quicker and to to concentrate on what he's doing. So we were going through the anti post prices for the arc earlier on, and the fact that Ulysses is in there is ridiculous because he's not going to run. Um, but Ulysses had did Ulysses, Ulysses have eight different jockeys? before he eventually was partnered with Jim Crowley. And you can see now how that is really benefiting the horse. And it, maybe it's a coincidence, but I don't think so. I think that that's, there's a good partnership struck up there. He knows the horse well. He gets on very well with him. And I'm sure that he has matured for, for Sir Michael Stout as well. But that partnership is working well. Point being, I kind of get Anthony Opperheimer's point that you've got Frankie Dettori and you want to keep that partnership intact. The only problem that I have with this is, are you absolutely 100% certain that Enable's not staying in training next season? Because if she does, he's not going to be available to ride. He could also end up getting a race ban and being suspended. The horse could end up like Almanzor and not being right. He's fit now. He's well now. Why are you not going for it? It's just so tedious. Just so tedious. Just run the horse. Run him. This is ridiculous. Run him. I'll ride him. Run him. <laughs> Kevin Blake, you've got the boxing. I'll have a bit of a sweat on, but I'll do it. You've got the boxing. For a good gear horse, out. sir, I'll do nine stone. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Blake, you'll go. You'll go meet Jacques Ricou. You'll oh. get some. You'll get some advanced lessons from him. Jack would win on him. Jack Ricou could be the ideal jockey for Cracksman, actually. <laughs> Uh, is it the fact that it's a tight track it's different to Longchamp no it's just I, like I understand that the owner's got uh, an affinity for Frankie and a loyalty to him and all that but this is your horse and he's fit and he's well 
run the horse in the ark. Yeah, we don't need to say any more to that. 1997, the last time since a pre-Neil winner didn't go for the ark. Uh, we should even do a poll on the tweet machine. Do you think Cracksman should run in the ark? It's going to be 95% 100%, yes, yeah. Aside from the one troll who decides to go, no. Oppenheimer and, and, and yeah, the at machine. Oppenheimer oh, no. <laughs> no, no oh god and, awkward and, and at El no <laughs> uh, yeah it's it's a shame especially when you look at the market Enable ah, look, four to don't five. speak too soon Enable could step on a rock Would the, and, and nobody wants that knows, but, but, but even so I mean we've talked before about what a hard season she's had and York didn't exactly no, it wasn't ideal. No. Yeah, we still have a fair few weeks. You know, if you, three weeks is a long time in show business. But let me lead out. Let me read out the contenders to you: Enable, Cracksman, Ulysses. As far as we know, doesn't run. Goes to Delmar, Highland Real, Each Way Banker Lads, <laughs> Zarak. No thanks. Order of Saint George. Oh yeah, yeah it's not a debark. We know it's not Does, a debark. That's it. It's just run. That is it. Yeah, let someone else ride him. If he gets beaten, boo-hoo. Come back next year. Great. Man is to not go for it. Um, Producer D has on the running order, uh, before we actually get to that, I should say, highlight of the weekend for you. Oh, you know, I'm not good at these. Um, Who would have thought that in a racing review podcast, I'd ask you for your highlight of the weekend? (sighs) I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Move on, move on. Verbal dexterity? Yeah, possibly. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you were talking as well about the obsession that we have with racecourse attendances. It's a lot of shite. It really is. I loved the Curra on Sunday. I thoroughly enjoyed the day. Never moved from the champagne bar. Never left it <laughs> once, except to go see Hurricane Fly in the Phillies for the Moigler. That was um, it. But I had a great day. And Dee had a great day. And Dee was blown away by your generosity of hiring the band to come over and sing Pretty Woman to her because they sang Despacito they were a Spanish band they sang Despacito they sang uh, La Bamba and then they and then the only time that they turned and faced D and sang directly to her was when they sang Pretty Woman so clearly you bribed them that's the smooth way Blake that's the smooth way of doing things wouldn't brag about these things (laughs) but it was a great day we should say hello to Nick who we met uh, who is a long term listener to the show Yes, sad look. And there were a lot of other people we met as well whose names we've forgotten. Apologies. Yeah, look, attendance is. Ah, it's just frustrating me but, for a long time. There's way too much emphasis on them. They're, they're at the mercy of so many things completely unrelated to the job the, the race course was horrific. does. It was a stink day. If I wasn't working, I wouldn't have went. And, Mike, I, and I love racing. Mike came from the media centre over to where we were, and in those, in that minute long walk, got drenched. Rich, they walked the track. I only got a furlong down the track, and I got soaked. Yeah, stink. Yeah, it wasn't. It stink. really wasn't a day to be out. Hence, why we didn't leave the bar. But um, I really enjoyed the day. The atmosphere was great. People were in good form. The people who were there, I didn't hear too many people complaining. I think the uh, being serious for a second. I think the toilet facilities are are an issue. But <laughs> but that's you know aside from that. Yeah, that'll all be that'll all be sorted. That's all gonna be fine, and eventually we're gonna end up with a great grandstand and. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, people are still going on about this. Look, the, the, the decisions are made. If you don't want to go racing, don't go. It's fine. Mm. It's fine. Don't go. Speaking of not going, you have been looking at the the figures um, for the viewers on At The Races, the Bet To View viewers as well, and they're all very positive. Oh, yeah, they have been for years. Have been for years. Okay. So let's you know, not- that's a much better barometer of the, the popularity of the sport. You know, we're doing all right. We're doing better than all right. We're doing well. Yeah. 
you know, just don't get worked up about attendances. We don't, we don't need to be panicking about these things, thankfully. Well, it's not even panic. I think there's there's an agenda there in places as well. I want well, of to course throw there stones. is. 100% there is. Um, Barraquero has been ruled out for the rest of the season for Brian Yeah, that's Ingham. a pity. That's no. a real shame. That's a pity. He was good in the Richmond. Very good. Uh, so that's a shame. The big news in terms of jump racing. This is good news. Is that the BHA have announced 48-hour declarations for all of the Cheltenham Festival races. Uh, previously, only non-novice grade ones declared two days in advance with the other races sticking to the usual national and 24-hour stage. However, in a radical move from the BHA, who have been supported by Cheltenham and the Jockey Club racecourses, the switch has been made in response to feedback from various sections of the racing industry. This is a good move. Absolutely. Oh, there's been a wild outbreak of common sense in BHA HQ in recent months because we've had some just perfectly sensible, positive changes. Hmm. Um, should have been done years ago, but it's great that it's got done. Um, it'll be a help in promoting the whole thing. It'll be a help to the likes of the, the likes of us people in the media talking about and writing about the thing. And it's just that's just a positive move. There's no downside. It's the Cheltenham Festival. If the ground changes, there may be a few non-runners, but I think we can all deal with that. Yeah, I think it's Cheltenham. People are only going to pull out in in pretty uh, dire circumstances. I, I can't have envisaged non-runners being a being a big problem. Um, that's just a, just a good, positive, common sense move. Great, good, good for good for the BHA. Yeah, it does also mean that something gets affected. You put your full heen in, your any power out. You get the broom from Mag and you mess her all about. You do your joke. Is this now the end of Willie Mullins Bingo? No. Of course it's not. <laughs> when we do the, hopefully we'll all be fitting well, please God. When we're doing the At The Races Cheltenham Festival preview night, we're still going to be having a discussion about where's Willie going to run Supreme this horse and where's he going to run that. Neptune. Could be the Supreme, it could be the Four Miler, it could, it could be the Champion Hurdle. That's all going to continue. It's the Gold Cup or nothing, lads. <laughs> so we're going to go for the Ryanair chase. Uh, <laughs> Oh, How are you doing, Rich? Um, it's not far away at all, all this crack, isn't it? Can you get up very kindly? We asked for a National Hunt season countdown clock to be done in last week's show. And one of our listeners very kindly obliged and included the term gravy on it as well. Countdown to National Hunt gravy. And the current, as we record, the current timing is... 36 days, 2 hours, 20 minutes and 50 seconds. Nice. And the man who put that up very kindly was, oh God, will I try and pronounce your name, sir? I will. Tugru Luzel. Thank you, sir. Nicely done. It's amazing. It's no distance. Yeah, it's great. Ah, it's the we we talk about it every single year. It's the one beauty about race and the the great variety we have in the yeah. between the two disciplines. Hundred percent. I'm really looking forward to the national Hunt season, and we still we still got so much great stuff to come in the flat. Big time, big time. Including Champions Weekend, this weekend, first of all, for the St. Ledger, but also Champions Weekend, Breeders' Cup, the Ark. There's a lot to look Cup. forward to. Melbourne Cup as well, yeah. A lot to look forward to. Um, anything else that you want to discuss on this week's show before we wrap up? No, I reckon we're, I reckon we're pretty good. Done and dusted. Uh, love the Curra. Thank you to all the kind people who came up to us at the weekend. Um, none of you bought us a drink, but that's fine. 
That is perfectly fine. But nice to meet so many people who listen to the show. Um, you also got some more five-star reviews. Well done. Excellent. Hadn't checked them, but I'll take your word for it. Yeah, you got some more five-star reviews. I did have a guy come up to me at the car and shout, five-star review, five-star <laughs> review. <laughs> that was a Leopardstown, sorry. Got two of those, actually. Great. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, I wasn't at Leopardstown, but it looked as though you were getting blown out of it. Yeah, we were up on a kind of an elevated platform and the wind was kind of going whoosh up and it wasn't a good hair day, unfortunately. I liked it though because it <laughs> did, you were doing the Ed Chamberlain thing of bringing the, the atmosphere of the race course, but I also like the position that you have outside the jockey's room. So I guess you can pick and choose which one on any given day you want to use, but it it, it worked well for you. Yeah, well, I, I've been working with ATR now for five years and that was the first time we ever used that position, so... Hmm. Um, I don't know I, I liked it If you had a, a lovely day It'd be fabulous But it just wasn't A very lovely day It was windy And it rained It's not You're not going to be In that position I should imagine On Ryanair Hurdle Day Over Christmas No No You'll definitely be not Jesus You'll definitely be In the enclosed area Outside the jockey's yeah, room Even then. in there It's cold It is But at least you're dry <laughs> Yeah fact. At least you're that um, that's that you can check out the At The Races St. Ledger site which is available now ledger.attheraces.com there is a wealth of information on there including the Final Farland podcast bang bang uh, but loads of content and it's well worth checking out I'm looking forward to Doncaster it should be should be some good fun um, should be some good racing I'm really looking forward to the St. Ledger what's your best bet of the weekend oh do 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 Will it be Capri or Rekindling? It'll be one of the other lads. Whichever one takes your taste. I know what it is. I know what your best bet of the weekend is. Well. It's the reverse forecast on Capri and Rekindling. It's probably Capri. Being brutally honest, I'm trying to look look at this as kind of hard-headed as I can. At the price, 4-1, to one, I could see him go off 9-4, to 5-2. to two. It's big, isn't it? I think it's very fair for the class horse in the race. Yeah. Is, it, is he priced the way he is? Because I he's not... I don't know why he's priced that way. Is it because he wasn't Aidan's number one hope hope in the in the Irish Derby, and therefore people are labelling him like that? Mm. And also the fact that he didn't have a prep run that seems to be in some people's minds as well. But I look at him and think this horse has got a cracking chance. Yeah, you could see money come for him though. Yeah, yeah, be surprised if there isn't. Right, that's it. We're done. Thank you so much for listening. Hopefully, you enjoyed it. Uh, we're back again next week. Do you know when we're recording next week? No, not a clue. We'll have a production meeting after the show. Sometimes we just do these on air. We'll we'll decide after the show when we're going to record next week. Uh, we'll have a lot to discuss. A lot to discuss. And it just brings us ever more closer to our National Hunt Final Furlong Podcast preview. <sighs> if you're a big Jumps fan and you've just been listening to get yourselves through, to get your, your fix of racing as you build up to what you love the most then you know the countdown is on and it currently stands at I've shut down my computer ah, for goodness sake <laughs> <laughs> and we have so we have some special treats planned don't be giving the game away too much Kevin Blake special treats but I can say that Stable Stars is back it is in a slightly different format I think little bit we're going to do a special podcast on Stable Stars yeah because well fantasy NFL fantasy football is obviously huge fantasy Premier League is huge but Stable Stars was massive last year. Oh, yeah. And it was so much fun. Uh, it's great. It's great value. And the other thing about it is... When I say great value, I don't mean in monetary terms, but in terms of the enjoyment you get out yeah. of it for the length of the season. Like, you know, if you won your mini league, you must be so smug. 
you know, you just, you just must be so thrilled. Because I remember last year when Kevin, and that's it for this week in a final word on podcast. <laughs> Join us next week. I remember I'm last Emmett, year. I'm Emmett Smoke Smug, and this is Kevin Blake. Good luck. Bye. When Kevin Blake won the Celebrity Mini League. He couldn't stop shouting about that it. That isn't true at all. I said nothing to no one. Added it to his LinkedIn page, that kept on... just lies. Dee ended up having bruises on her arm because he kept on elbowing her saying, remember that time I won that league? And, and then when I crushed him this year, crushed him! Dee did, nearly beat you this year. <laughs> she did. She was on your tail. She was on my tail, but I left her in the dust. Oh, stop. Just, I left just, her in the dust along with Alex Hammond and Vanessa Ryle. You were a nerd that stayed up all night on Friday. Made I missed. Sure, made, made sure you got your. I missed two weeks yeah. and it killed me because you missed. You were in Hong Kong and you forgot to do your transfers and you missed it by like five minutes and you were devastated. You were messaging us at four in the morning, devastated. And then I did the same thing and I just got. Um, we all have a WhatsApp group, which has now become legendary. And Vanessa uh, <laughs> D just recorded. Uh, <laughs> response and that was it there's like no sympathy whatsoever it's great fun it's a lot of banter there's good prizes to be won and it's back so we're going to record a podcast on that and looking forward to having a discussion about that that'll be a lot of fun bang bang until next week Kevin Blake good luck thank you very much for listening hope you enjoyed it we'll chat to you then God bless have you downloaded the free app the races app yet with easy to use race cards and form Expert daily tips plus video replays and in-app betting is the app that no racing fan's phone should be without. Available for free on your iPhone or Android mobile, visit attheraces.com forward slash app for more details.